0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective 2020 on Vision Such an important conversation today because these days most of the Christian church denominations have in place wonderful programs for the protection of children but there will always be the ongoing need to develop leaders in ways to keep our children safe when they're a part of church activities. Now there's an initiative that is about to get underway right across the states and territories all around Australia. It's called the Child Safe National Roadshow and it is coming to a town near you. Now I know that uh, so many of our listeners are in very uh, isolated remote uh, regional centers and you might be wondering is it really coming to a town near me well uh, what near means it uh, could mean many hours driving but if there is one close to you and you're a part of a local church you might want to have a representative there Now this is being run by a national child harm prevention charity called Child Safe And it's Touring Australia this year to empower organisations, businesses, charities and churches... To improve their current child safety systems in light of the recent Royal Commission's recommendations. Well, for how it's going to work and how you can link your church to this roadshow, Child Safe spokesperson and business development leader Neil Milton, who is one of the driving forces behind this national tour, is joining us. Hello, Neil. Welcome along to 2020. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you, Neil. We're about a week and a half out and you guys will be on the road. It is a huge year you've got planned. In fact, going right through until October this year. Uh, give us a little in a nutshell idea of uh, of where you're going to be going so we've got some context as we get our conversation underway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so basically, uh, we are going to be starting in ACT. So we've got uh, two sessions in Canberra on the 19th and 20th. And then we're going out to uh, Batemans Bay and then Goulburn, so that week. And then we head to Tasmania. Uh, we'll be in Launceston, Hobart and Overston. And WA will be in Perth over there as well. Then South Australia will be uh, three sessions, even the Barossa Valley too. Uh, and uh, Sydney will be Tamworth and, uh, and those sort of places as well. Tamworth and... Uh, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I've got so many dates in my head, to be honest with you. All right, you've, um, given, it, us the, you've yeah.
0: given us the start there anyway, and uh, yeah. but you're covering it, it, all it, it the states up. and territories.
1: Yeah. That's right, yeah. Every single state and territory, including Darwin, uh, Kazarene, all that sort of place as well, and Victoria. So, yeah, we, we really wanted to be an organisation that goes to the people. We didn't want to be an organisation that asks people to come to them um, because we believe that the best way of uh, of really ensuring children's safety in organisations is to walk with people, and that's who we are as an organisation. Well, uh, for the 700-plus cities
0: and towns uh, listening into our conversation today, you won't be able to get to all of them, but uh, there are some of the centres that you've mentioned uh, that yeah. listeners will be thinking, well, I might be able to get someone from my local church to that uh, child safe event uh, in order to uh, capture and link with and get a hold mm. of whatever detail you've got to be able to distribute because I want to come to uh, some of these really important issues. I mean, uh, the uh, the institutional abuse uh, inquiry that was held, uh, there were all sorts of mm. recommendations from the Royal Commission and a lot of those recommendations apply to the churches and I wonder whether, if you can give us an in a nutshell idea of the sorts of recommendations that you'll be talking about uh, on the roadshow.
1: Yeah, right. So what we're going to be doing is, so just to give a bit of context is, um, there were over 8,000 private sessions held around um, institutional child sexual abuse where, where people who had been abused would share their story. Uh, there was over 25,000 emails and letters received. There were over 42,000 calls that were handled and over 2,000 referrals to authorities, including police. So this is a massive uh, effort of the Royal Commission and that is uh, spanning over five years. Now, out of that was 160-plus recommendations uh, and of of that, 59 were, were for churches. So what we're going to be doing is actually looking at one particular area of the 17 volumes, and that is the, the 10 National Child Safety Standards according to the Royal Commission. And basically they have uh, put a recommendation out to 10 child safe standards that is like the base level for all organisations working with children. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, and you know standard one just says child safety is embedded into institutional leadership governance and culture so what we're going to be looking at is each of these standards we're going to be saying the standard we're going to be looking at what how that impacts your organization and then some practical tools uh, and steps to take so you can implement it straight away we want this roadshow to be practical for you.
0: All and I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation today. You can hear the value of what we're talking about, and you may have been part of Church Life for a while, and you're thinking, I wonder whether my church has these sorts of standards in place to protect children. I wonder mm-hmm. whether you've got a reflection on uh, just how important it is to protect children, and you might have a reflection on uh, some churches that might not be giving too much attention to having these sorts of standards in place. Uh, this mm. is a concern, isn't it? And uh, and if the, if all the churches were really uh, flourishing and doing all of these standards and keeping children safe, there might not be a need for your roadshow, Neil, but, uh, but clearly yeah. there is a need for what you're doing.
1: There is, absolutely, and I think that... Um the former commissioner uh, Robert Fitzgerald said it best at a conference last week. He said that um, you might be sitting there thinking that this is an old problem, but the truth is it is a now problem. And they had people that had been abused three weeks before the end of the um, this, the hearings had been completed. And so this is actually happening all over the place, from sporting clubs to churches and and um, and the like, childcare centres. Um, Youth detention, it's, it's everywhere. And that is because uh, a, a lot of people, and I think this is probably really important, is there's still a level of apathy, a still a level of apathy amongst churches and other organisations that it won't happen here. But from the Royal Commission and the recommendations and their findings, it really is no organisation can ever say that because even the most upstanding ones, the reality is that there has been situations of abuse which absolutely breaks my heart.
0: the sorts of people who will come along to the road show Neil mm-hmm. uh, I assume that you'll be hoping that there are people who are in leadership roles uh, who will be uh, in the front row uh, but mm-hmm. I imagine it's also open to everyone who is interested in the safety of their children in a local church or charity context uh, it's open to everyone mm-hmm. isn't it
1: that's right. It is open to everyone. I mean, look, we've basically said that anyone working with children in any capacity in the community, and, you know, you could be a parent out there, um, you could be a CEO of organisation, you, you could be a pastor or a children's leader a youth leader, um, a childcare centre uh, worker, anyone who's working with children or young people in any capacity because uh, these standards are going to be the base level Um, input it into the national principles across Australia and this is what uh, the national office will be looking at when it comes to child safety.
0: Now these child safety issues and when we talk about uh child uh, sexual abuse uh, the things that mm-hmm. have happened historically in the churches as you say this is not just a historical issue this is a today problem uh, mm-hmm. for people who might be doubtful as to uh, really uh, whether this might be happening in their local community uh, mm-hmm. what are your insights into uh, whether we're talking cities or country towns uh, the mm-hmm. sort of prevalence of uh, of the risks to our vulnerable children if they're in the wrong hands?
1: Yeah, well, I think, um, look, I don't want to be a, a fear-monger or anything. I don't want to be like that, and I don't think we should be. But it is really important to recognise that 95% of abuse happens uh, with... Uh, are known to the, ab- to the abused. So the abuser actually knows the abused. So the reality is that um, a lot of people would say, oh, but but there's upstanding citizens in the community, there's these people, um, there's no way that this could ever happen here. But the truth is that 95% happens um, and they know that, that child. Uh, and, and the reality is that it's not the uh, older gentleman or, or the older woman or anything like that. Uh, that does happen, but uh, lately... The amount of abuse that's been happening with the thirty-five, forty-five-year-old men, and uh, and it's not just uh, situational in toilet blocks and those sort of things. It's actually in uh, in other ways. And I think that I think that for me um, in this role, I I hear of situations where people are experiencing, especially in the sporting industry and the church space. Uh, there is that not just level of apathy, but there's also that level of um, I'm not sure what to do if this ever occurred. And therefore, there's not the culture of the leadership in the church or the organization that says, actually, you know what? We put this as the highest priority. One, because we want the community to see it. And another, because we actually really, really care about children. And Jesus said, let the children come to me.
0: Interestingly I suppose we can look at this issue as a glass half full or glass half empty issue and the church has taken a beating. Uh, Over Mm. this past five years, as people have come to the fore and they've told their story about uh, institutional uh, child abuse that's happened within the context of the church, as you say, these things uh, are not going away. We have to do something now. The glass half full idea is that uh, this ought to be seized as an opportunity uh, Mm -hmm. to clean up the act of the church and so that the church can be a shining
1: light for protection for children. Is this what you're hoping to achieve? This' is exactly what i 'm hoping to achieve I mean uh, I think jesus said it, uh, J- Jesus set the task really well when society was shunning children, and Jesus actually came to them and and um, and held them and and listened to them and it was there for them and I think for for us is that if we want to be an impact in the community and we want to show love in the community, the reality is the best way we can do that is to be transparent in all of our policies and procedures around. The way in which we care for children and at the end of the day it's actually about trust let's be honest this roadshow is not about um, how child safe is helping you it's not really about the royal commission it's about how society has lost trust in the church and other organizations who work with children and that has to be restored in order to make that impact in the community And so at ChildSafe, we are about enabling trusted environments for your children. That's what we're passionate about, because it means that the community will start to take notice of the church. And like McCrindle Research says, that the number one reason why people are not going to churches is because of this stuff, because of this child sexual abuse that's happening and in the news and, and those sort of things. And so we should be doing everything in our power we can to make sure our systems are in place. But more than that, not about ticking a legislation box it's actually about creating a culture of long-term child safety well uh, of course the
0: major denominational leaders who've been bearing the brunt of all of the national criticism over this past 5 years while the inquiry was on uh, yeah. they have certainly uh, acted to put denominational uh, policies and boundaries in place but there is a certain sense isn't there and I'll get your impression here Neil that uh, sure. when there is uh, when there's policy that comes from the leadership direction at the top of denominations mm. uh, that filtering down to the coal face uh, where the local church is meeting and where children are mm. a part of a children's mm. church Sunday school uh, this mm. is this is where uh, it's important here to make sure that the people at the grassroots level actually know what they're supposed to be doing I imagine and there's been some blockages for some churches there?
1: Absolutely. I think, um, you know, John C. Maxwell says, um, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership, and and we 100% believe that. If if the church council or the, the leadership group, the board, um, they are the ones that are championing this, then the truth is the rest of the church will take hold of it. You know, when I was pastoring a church um my passion in this area came through and I basically made it that if you're going to be a volunteer, even if you're not even working with children, you not only have to have a working with children check, but you need to do child safe, child safe training because what I wanted to show the community is that we actually take this seriously and we screen our volunteers and to make sure that this is actually something we're passionate about. But if the leadership don't get it and they don't see an importance in it, then therefore the rest of the church won't And unfortunately, therefore, then there's a lot of gaps and the risk management side of things is not going to be up to scratch. And therefore, more people may be exposed to that opportunity to be abused.
0: Okay. well, oftentimes in in church life, you have uh, a lead senior pastor or it could be a priest, the minister of the church, who's the leader and then Mm -hmm. there are uh, people who are in uh, eldership type roles or on church council roles of course there are those that are involved in children's ministry and that could be Mm -hmm. youth ministry too because we're talking about uh, those who are under the age of 18 here aren't we? So uh, so you've got an awful lot of uh, leaders who might not be senior leaders but they're leaders of youth ministry and uh, children's ministry and Mm -hmm. every one of those, some of those teams can be absolutely huge, it's not just one or two people in a church these are often huge teams of leaders depending on the size of the church and every one of them has to be in some way ingrained with this appreciation of what it is to keep those children safe
1: that's right absolutely and it's it's got to be it's got to filter through and it's got to be led and you know a lot of churches we're speaking to now are actually saying well we're actually going to appoint someone that looks after child safety as in a safety officer or a child safety officer or something like that to make sure that everyone has their worker and children checked, is child safe trained, is up to scratch in that level and is screened because, you know, we we know that uh, it people can slip through the cracks and um, often predators, uh, they... They, put their, they go into situations where children are and churches are those places and if there's not policies and procedures in place to mitigate risk then there are going to be gaps and that means that, that from a leadership culture standpoint um, the child safe leaders or the, the leaders actually become the champions and it becomes normal practice so whether you're in a, a gymnastics stadium or anything like that, um, church or a or childcare centre, everyone who's a volunteer or a leader understands what they need to do to keep children safe.
0: You're talking about something which is an incredibly important message. If your local church has these standards, a a child-safe uh, protection program uh, in place. It will mm. repel pedophiles from coming to your church uh, mm. and then assuming those sorts of roles of trust. But if, if you don't have these in place, uh, is it the case, Neil, that you actually uh, might be a magnet uh, for people who may be uh, uh, pedophile-oriented?
1: Yeah, well, one of the standards actually talks about being transparent and making sure that your policies and procedures and your code of conduct is actually, you actually advertise that and get community, not approval, but oversight, if you like. And one way of that, it means that if you're transparent and people know that you've got these things in place, well, then if you're a a pedophile or you're a predator, you're probably going to be less likely to go there because you know that you need to be going through this procedure in order to not just work with children, but to be aware that you're not going to be able to be around children without these procedures in place. And also it says to a parent, hey, you can actually trust this church, not just because they've got things in place, but they actually are seen to demonstrate. And the former commissioner, Robert Fitzgerald, said, it's not going to be just about whether you've got these in place, it's whether you can demonstrate that you've got these in place.
0: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to join our conversation, a comment or a question. You can also leave a comment or a question on our Facebook page, Facebook uh, forward slash vision radio to leave a comment or a question today about our uh, our topic of uh, discussion today we're talking about the child safe national Roadshow, and the child safe spokesperson and business development leader is neil milton he is with us uh, the roadshow is coming to a town near you uh, neil as we continue this conversation i know this is personal for you and I wonder whether you're able to share with us your own story and how this relates to the sorts of things that you're encouraging churches to understand about protecting children.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I said in the break, I'd be willing to uh, share my personal story, and I am willing to do that because I hope that this inspires people to take a greater depth of action. Um, so uh, I was in primary school, and uh, and. I didn't really have many friends, relationships or anything like that and a guy who was only a couple of years older than me uh, befriended me and connected with me and now I know it's grooming but I was groomed and then therefore, um, and in that process, uh, was sexually abused. Mm. And uh, that, that was a process of about two or three years and then one day it all all kind of stopped. Uh, I was still left with no, um, no friends or anything like that and still was going through these sorts of issues. I, I thought that um, I had diseases and, and I, I, I thought I, I was a, a, different, um, a different sexual um, person and a number of different things and um, I didn't actually realize it was abuse until 20 years later. And what's really interesting is that uh, the Royal Commission found that it takes around 20 years for someone who has abused a child to admit that they have been abused. And that's what they saw as common through the whole Royal Commission. And so uh, my my situation is different because most people put the, the uh, pedophile as a a person that is, you know, 20 years older than that child or 40 or 50 years older. But the truth is, uh, my abuser was only uh, a couple of years older than
0: me. It's a significant story. And when we talk about this idea of grooming, uh, when you have been groomed and someone just two years older than you, some people will just say that's just a, a friendship that was growing over those three years. But if mm-hmm. there were people in your church at the time who were trained to be able to see the signs, what to look mm-hmm. for with what happens mm-hmm. with grooming, you could have been protected from that. Is this uh, part of the the value of having done some formal training to be able to recognise those signs?
1: Absolutely. I mean, for me, mine was in a in a primary school, um, and I wasn't I I didn't go to church like that then, and uh, and but our child safe training, we look at what does it, what does it uh, look like when it comes to abuse, what types of abuse are there and actually what to look for. Uh, and I think that's really critical because I think that a lot of people in local churches wouldn't have an idea of what a perpetrator looks like because the truth is, and this is probably hard to, to say, but the truth is that a mentor In the time that that person spends and those sort of things, there's really no difference in terms of the behaviour of how they relate to that child or that young person except that a groomer is one that is grooming for sex. And whereas a youth pastor or a youth leader with a young person, well, we would hope that they would be discipling them to Christ. And so that's – but the, but the behaviour is very similar.
0: Okay. Well, I want to invite listeners, join our conversation. Our talkback line open, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 You can leave a message or question too on Facebook. Rose on Facebook. It says, our church comes under the ACC, that's Australian Christian Churches. Uh, Mm -hmm. They have a strict code for safe churches regulations, and you can't even volunteer if you haven't done the training. It's good to see some churches being on the front foot to protect our kids. This should also happen in secular groups too. Good to hear your roadshow is spreading the message. Uh, There's someone who recognises that there is good training in their local church, but it needs to be in every local church, Neil.
1: That's right, yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, we're starting to book up with um, face-to-face training. Um, we offer face-to-face training, which, which, which at all different levels, from team member, team leader, coordinator, risk management officer, those sort of things, um, at those levels. And then we also uh, have online training as well. So you could sit down on your comfy couch and learn about this stuff at 90 seconds, uh, sorry, 90 minutes of training um, you can just go on our website and click on training you can do that and uh, and it's, it's the basic training but it's so critical and I would suggest people do it every year Okay, and
0: that's a refresher idea of doing that every year. Uh, We're talking about the Child Safe National Roadshow kicking off in about a week and a half's time, going right through until October, visiting every state and territory. Uh, Neil, uh, you must be getting excited. There's no doubt a team that are going on the roadshow. How are you? How are you doing this? Is like you're not getting a busload of people, or is (laughs) how's it? You're flying into centres. How's it all? How does it all work logistically?
1: Yeah, we're flying into um, the places and uh, it's really interesting. I've, I've had, my event manager's been doing such an amazing job and uh, and she's been booking up different places. We've intentionally not chosen churches because we don't want there to be any barrier for anyone around child safety in any capacity. Uh, and so from conference centres to uh, community centres to sporting clubs, those sort of things. And so we're going to be going there. Um, there's night sessions, morning sessions, afternoon sessions at different places. Uh, and, uh, and basically we're going to utilise the time there um, to meet with other people as well that we meet on the roadshow to connect with as well.
0: Let me give the website here, it's childsafe.org.au and uh, for listeners who are, uh, are thinking, I wonder whether that town that you're visiting is just near me, childsafe.org.au, is there a a program there of exact dates and centres where yes. you've already got booked? And, Absolutely. Uh, there is, and Neil, is there room for new centres to book? Can you squeeze in more dates as you're getting the roadshow underway?
1: Yeah, we've intentionally not booked any for July and August um, to see whether there is uh, a flood of, of people that want that. So if there's, say, you know, 20 or 30 people, um, up to 50 people, to 100 uh, in a particular centre, then yes, in between July and August, we'd be happy to come up there and do it for you.
0: Uh, Neil, uh, let's just come back to something important you were talking about just before the news. Mm. And that's this issue of grooming in church life. Now, it's grooming that happens, and you were very open, and thank you so much for sharing your own story, uh, a a school-related grooming incident. But this issue of grooming, there needs to be a lot more understanding of the signs that that is happening and how to protect ourselves when it comes to the local church. You've got a few more thoughts to share on this issue of grooming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I think I'm a parent. I've got three children. Okay, I've got a, um, an 11, 9, and 6 year old. And I'm incredibly blessed but I don't want anything bad to happen to them. You know, I don't want to wrap them in bubble wrap, but I I don't want anything as far as it is to me, anything to happen. And so, um, the online grooming, especially the grooming side of things, um, both face to face, but more online, uh, has ramped up in a huge way. So pedophiles don't just have access to children in face to face, but they also have access to children online. And that's a really big problem. And so, uh, it's really important for parents to be aware of the importance of grooming that happens online. And so we've got to understand that the, the ammo of a, of a perpetrator often looks for the most vulnerable person uh, in children, whether they've got no friends, whether they've uh, easily led, whether you know, those sort of things. And so the, the reality is that um, the online space provides that opportunity through online games, through Facebook, through uh, Snapchat, Instagram, those sort of places, if children aren't aware of what it is to protect themselves and parents aren't aware um, that what they're doing is, um, there's a really big problem because... Uh, it means that there's a greater access for harm to occur.
0: Now, Neil, we want our children to make friends in our local church. We want them to grow in their faith, to become mature believers together. And so we want them to have some communication with each other. But you've got some practical ideas about how Mm -hmm. your church can provide a safe space for that Mm -hmm. to happen. How 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 do you do that?
1: Yeah, well, um, with perpetrators, they are very private and so what that means is that they will often try to get a child alone um, to do what they want to do with them or, and that includes on the online space. And so one of the things that would be really important is if you've got a youth group, don't have uh, youth leaders being friends on Facebook individually with, with youth kids Um, because uh, that's where this uh, silent and private conversations can occur. Instead, have a Facebook page where people comment and message through that, but everyone gets the notifications. And that's just a real simple, practical thing, but it means that there's a transparency and uh, no one who is wanting to, to bring harm can actually do that because everyone can see the conversations that are happening.
0: And if your church has a child safety officer and you've got that Facebook page which is the only uh, area of uh, you know the the place where uh, the leaders are communicating with children, uh, this is something that they can oversee. So you've got a you've got an oversight, you've got a protection that's happening uh, for the communications that happening within within church life.
1: That's right. And look, at the end of the day, you should have a social media policy. If you've got social media in your church, you should have a social media policy that basically stipulates what you will put on there and what you won't and how uh, interactions and relationships occur, which basically means... And you actually advertise that to your church and the community so they know um, what is... What is going on? So therefore, if a youth leader wants to get involved in that, and and uh, and there has been experiences that we have had in those situations where a youth leader has befriended a younger youth and has um, has started sending um, or sexting them, uh, and it's, it breaks my heart to hear that, but that is the truth that happens. Um, then that is less likely to happen. And we would say as well is that is that have one particular mobile phone number that there's the connection with and that the youth leader makes intentional connections with parents and communicates to the child through the parent, if that's possible, or caregiver, uh, which means that therefore there's no individual contact on their own to have that
0: happen. And if you've got the standards in place, Neil, this means that you can easily then draw attention to things that might look a little bit uh untoward, uh inappropriate. Uh you can actually determine whether there's something inappropriate that might happening if you've got the standards in place. If you don't have the standards, if you don't have those sorts of simple things in place, uh, mm-hmm. then uh, you've got no way to actually know whether your child is at risk.
1: That's right. There's no guideline. There's no um understanding of 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 what is child safety and you you might be just clutching at straws and and trying to navigate. I mean, let me just put a little bit I get a, a bit more of a um a sadness to this as well is that um there was a situation where a young young girl was um befriended online by a person who was actually an adult, but they made out they were a teenager. Um, this occurred in, in australia in south australia and eventually that, that young girl ended up meeting with that person, realizing that person was an adult um, and unfortunately that didn 't end well and, and she was she was killed and um, now there 's foundations w- uh, actually advocating for this Child safety, there's now a law that's changed called Carly's Law. And, uh, and basically, if, that can, if, if you can, you can uh, identify that the person your child might be talking to, if that is occurring, is an adult, even though they're coming as a child and um, they are wanting to have sex with that person or there's a, uh, an intention of harm then um, that person who's wanting to do that could actually be convicted. Mm.
0: We're taking calls on one eight hundred 316 Let's hear from Claudia in Exmouth in Western Australia. Hello, Claudia. Welcome along.
2: Oh, hello. How are you doing?
0: Very well, Claudia. What are your thoughts on our conversation today?
2: Oh, okay, so I actually um, work, uh, I'm a volunteer for Youth for Christ and we actually have policy where we do um, child safe. So I did the online training and I was really, um, it really opened my eyes to what's going on. And I also, because I worked with them for so long, they used to come up and do a lot of teen stuff here in our Mm. town. Um, I recognized what they were actually doing after doing the course. I'm like, that's why they did that. Okay, that's why they did that. That's interesting. So we're actually, um, as a church, we're starting up a youth group very soon and I was I had told um our elder about Child Safe and how um i completely recommend that all our leaders do that so that we keep our kids safe. So I'm just wondering whether because we'll be doing it soon, whether there's an online course that our church can register for and do the course. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yep, yep sorry, yep, um, yeah. Right, um, thanks so much for calling in. Um and great job that you're actually asking these questions. It's wonderful. Um so if you go to childsafe.org.au uh, on that first page, it says training. You can click on that, and then uh, and then it takes you to a, another site that you can pay for that that training. Okay.
2: okay, cool. And that we can all access that. All different leaders can do the training.
1: Absolutely, yep. Yeah. But my encouragement to you would to actually get in touch with us at the office um, yeah. because. Uh, yeah, we could actually work out what is best for your organisation in order to do that. If you want to do the online child safe training, that's totally fine. Just go on our website and each individual person do that. But if you've got a group of people, then there might actually be another angle we can go with for you.
2: Excellent. Claudia, Claudia thank you so much. before thank I, you I let you go, on. Claudia,
0: don't yes. go away just yet. Uh, you're actually about to launch a youth group, and you want to get these foundations in place. Sounds like you've got the horse before the cart and not the cart before the horse. Uh, this is something uh, that, uh, you know, you're obviously been inspired by doing some training in this uh, area of child safety. Uh, this is something that you would see as very important for every church, no doubt.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, it's our, our leadership. Actually, what you were talking about before, that if the elders catch on, catch on, then, um, then the rest of the church will follow. And they have been on about making sure that everybody has, um, working with children. Um, and yeah, so when we have kids' church and, and stuff, we have to have that regardless of, of what, what kind of experience we have and make sure that, yeah, that we keep our kids safe. It's really important. I mean, we're a small community and we know everybody very well, but mm. I work at the school here as well. Um, I do a lunchtime dance program for free through Youth for Christ, and there's some kids there that I wonder, you know, am I meant to um, talk to somebody about that? Where do I go? And I know that Child Safe brings it up, but when it comes to your attention or when you start to think those things So I think, well, am I just making that up? So that's actually kind of a a really good thing I might actually talk to Neil about and ring um, ChildSafe to make sure that we are on the right, have the right understanding because there are some kids that are quieter and keep to themselves and I worry about them.
0: Claudia, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Neil, you had another response there for
1: Claudia. Yeah, I was just going to say, what what, uh, part of uh, WA are you calling from?
2: Uh, We're in Exmouth. It's a little town 1,300 kilometres north of Perth.
1: Okay, so we're going to be in Cannington, Joondalip and Bunbury. Anywhere close? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the online course there is very important for Claudia in Exmouth. And uh, the interesting thing that I want to draw attention to, uh, just thank you so much to Claudia for being part of 2020. Uh, The interesting thing I want to draw attention to is something that Claudia raises, uh, who do I talk to? So just having one person trained uh, in your church to bring this perhaps to your local church might not be enough because two people are going to be able to discuss issues like Claudia is talking about. This is the ideal, is it not? Or even not just two people, but a whole team, Neil.
1: That's right. I mean, like our encouragement would be, Anyone over uh, over the age of 18, even 17 as well, would do the child safe training. Anyone working with children or youth, the youth past, the elders, those sort of people as well, would all do that either online training or we can come and do a face-to-face training for you. And that what that does, it means that you're all about setting culture and that you're not just, you know, have the idea of being a child safe organisation, but you're actually actively demonstrating, like Robert Fitzgerald said at the conference I was last week. A lot of people
0: very interested and excited about the idea of the culture of their local church. And when you say setting the culture, it's setting that thing in place that everybody just takes for granted that this is the way we do protect our children, that our church is protected because these policies are in place. You've really got to get that culture happening. And to do that, you've got to talk about it.
1: That's right. And it's all about having a shared purpose across the whole organisation. And what that means is that every single person knows, the church understands, the community understands, but also you've got a code of conduct. So what we talk about is, is either uh, is a child safe policy, which is, um, which is actually what you're going to do in terms of protecting children. And then you have a code of conduct, which actually looks at the behaviour in how leaders and volunteers and staff will actually behave when those uh, children are, are around. And um, when people subscribe with Childsafe, we actually give them templates where they can put their that they're all set out ready for you to go, um, but it, it it actually connects with our systems as well.
0: Uh, Neil uh, take us through in a nutshell uh, perhaps some of the key standards Uh, you mentioned a little earlier there are 10 child safe standards Uh, those Mm -hmm. sorts of things that every local church needs to appreciate have very very significant high importance Uh, take us through a few of those if you're able to uh, uh, just the most important ones out of that 10 sure
1: well, um, the first one is child safety is embedded in institutional leadership, governance, and culture, and that is that that basically formats all the rest of them. And when when leadership and governance and culture is understood in terms of child safety, then we would see some really uh, incredible changes. And um, the second one is children participate in decisions affecting them and are taken seriously. I, I love that that the Royal Commission has highlighted the fact that. If something affects a child, they should be involved in it. And what that means is your policies and code of conduct should actually be able to be read by a child and it should be up and, and, and about and, and children should be included in that process. Um, and so that's really important. The other thing is, is around complaints is that if there is a complaint or there is something that is occurring in the situation and a child does not feel safe, do they know who to go to and um, what the process is to complain and will they be listened to because a lot of people we've, we've understood is that a lot of people and the Royal Commission as well is that people didn't listen to children but the Royal Commission took it upon themselves to make sure that they, the Commissioners, they listened to children about complaints processes and how they felt. Um, The other one is families and communities are informed and involved. Like I was saying before, that that you actually advertise. There's transparency in relation to what you are doing uh, around child safety. Equity is upheld and diverse needs are taken into account. So there's an equity amongst all all people, which is really important. Um, People working with children are suitable and supported. It means that they need to be trained and screened and the volunteers are actually... That uh, the the, the organisation does due diligence. In making sure the right people were in the right positions. Very, very critical. Neil, um, uh,
0: let me cut in yeah, here. That's number four, uh, there's, right. there's lots of them. And uh, as listeners will know, every one of those sounds incredibly important to be able to implement that in the local church. We had a call from Jane who didn't want to go to air, but she had a question uh, which is a little bit, uh, it's got a few twists in it. What kind of security or checks are in place to stop child predators? from completing sure. the course and actually using the course clearance as a way to get access to children. In other words, how can you stop predators from fooling their way through the course? Uh, is there a response for that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if they do an online training, there's no way of of, of, um, of you know filtering that, if you like. However, if they do the online training and they go to a church and the church has and their organisation has systems in place, so it's not just doing the training, but there's actually screening and volunteering uh, for volunteers, then it means that there's other levels before that. So in terms of our online training, that's uh, that's making it easy for people to do who are in remote areas and those sort of things. Um, And yes, I'm sure pedophiles have done that training, but when it comes to... Uh, Going into an organisation, that's why we say that training is not enough. There needs to be screening in place for people uh, so that the organisations, when it comes to working with children check, uh, police check, whatever you have decided is, is, is really important.
0: Now, uh, interestingly, when you're doing these presentations all over Australia, uh, you'll not only have your child safe team doing their presentations, but you'll also have uh, presentations from a leading law firm. Uh, this yeah. is how significant all of this is because as you can imagine, uh, if things get out of hand here, everything escalates and uh, and then so lawyers are involved. So, but you've got a, a you'll you'll have a lawyer who's being part of the presentation.
1: That's right. One of the two of the standards will be presented by um, Adam uh, from uh, Lewis Holdway Lawyers, who have been uh, helping victims uh, for the last 20 years and have been involved in the processes uh, to help. And so um, they'll either be present, or to, if they can't be there, um, they'll be their presentations already been videoed, and so it'll be as if they're there. However, we're going to be having a Q and A panel in that time as well and um, and they will be live on the phone and so uh, that's really important because it, it, they, you know, it, it, obviously if it does go pear-shaped they need to know where to turn and Lewis Holway lawyers are, are absolutely fantastic and, and they will help but obviously we never want that to happen. Um, however, it's important for uh, people to know where they're supported and how, how this actually impacts because... You know, you talk about leadership and governance and culture. Well, if you don't actually get these things in place and something happens, well, the leadership is going to be liable because the police or the ombudsman, depending on where you're listening from, will actually come and and see what processes you've actually put in place. And if there hasn't been any and there's been abuse that occurs and the leadership aren't championing child, child safety well, then that could get ugly. Well, I hope
0: listeners have gleaned something from our conversation today. Uh, interesting thing is when we talk about an issue like uh, child sexual abuse uh, in churches uh, for some that'll be like uh, oh there's a, a red light about the church in fact talking about it is so important today because uh, these issues are being dealt with uh, they're being cleaned up uh, they're being uh, those standards as you say Neil put in place to ensure the safety of children so the upside to all of this and uh, and as we go back to some of the things we mentioned Mentioned early in our conversation the upside here is that churches when they have these policies when they have these standards in place uh, it'll be a wonderful new trust a trustworthiness right. that comes upon the church and this is the aim of actually bringing these things to the attention of church leaders
1: this is the beginning point to restoring trust in the organization and also into the community these standards are, are critically important to put in place, and it's out of that that you form that child safe
0: organisation. Now you're going to lots of regional centres uh, the team is travelling to Alice Springs, you'll be in Ballarat, you'll be visiting Tamworth, Batemans Bay Catherine in the Northern Territory Cairns in North Queensland your first stop for the National Roadshow is going to be Canberra and kicks off on the 19th of March and you'll be concluding in Catherine in the Northern Territory 29th of October. It is going to be a very big busy year, lots of travel involved. Uh, I hope the team gets on well with all of the uh, the travelling that's involved uh, because you might be in close quarters with one another but undoubtedly you're going to sow some wonderful seeds uh, good things are going to happen out of this. Uh, when people do this training online, and I'll give the website in just a few moments for when people can get uh, in touch. Uh, when people do this training online, as uh, our caller uh, Claudia said, uh, the light goes on. You understand what's what's happening uh, around children. This is one of the things, isn't it, Neil, that if you do some training in this area, you will understand mm. why it's so important.
1: Absolutely. Well, the Child Safe Training um, is, is so critical because it, it brings to light, um, you know, what what abuse is, what is what to look for, um, risk management, those sort of things, and it really puts into light of the importance of child safety. The roadshow is not child safe training. It's information about um, where the government's moving forward in and what they see as best practice and how... And as Childsafe, we've just done a media release and we are adopting the Royal Commission recommendations, those 10 Child Safe Standards, as our Child Safe Standards as an organisation. And within the sub points, we have um, a few others that we feel like they've actually missed um, because it's, it's really important to make sure these things are in place.
0: Well, all honour to you, Neil, and your team at Child Safe, uh, because what you're doing is uh, so, so important, and we all recognise that. And uh, I'm hoping listeners will keep you in their prayers as you do this tour around the nation. ChildSafe National Roadshow. Uh, keep your eye out for it. Here's the website uh, to be able to see where the Child Safe National Roadshow is coming to a town near you. ChildSafe.org.au ChildSafe.org.au Sorry? Forward slash events. Events. Okay, so ChildSafe.org.au forward slash events. Uh, Neil Milton, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020.
1: Thanks so much for having me.